G'day and bloody freaking welcome to Oceanic Gaming Radio. This is episode 77, uh, being brought to you on the 6th of the 11th, 2023, 7pm Australian Western Standard Time and 8.30pm Darwin Standard Time. I don't even know what's the, what are they called, Darwin Standard Time. Uh, what they yeah, call that? My name. My name is Captain Perth, and alongside me, as always, Pavlo Overface hey, and Grizzly gave me eighty six. Six, sorry, not sex. Uh, oh, who is coming to? But maybe I don't know. What is channel. he doing in Darwin? <laughs> Let's find out. Maybe that's involved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look up front. I just want to apologise for the quality of my audio this stream. I am not at home. I'm using. Uh, oh. I'm using very terrible microphone and very terrible camera. So sorry, yep. but also. And some dodgy yep. Oto Wi-Fi, so it's going to be one of those episodes. But doesn't matter. We're here. We're doing it. We weren't going to put you guys out for another week. We've done it too many times recently. We felt bad, <laughs> I think, overall. So we decided. I felt bad. I think I felt we'll bad. I was it. like, I'm just going to do it from Darwin. There we go. Yeah. We're doing it. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's do it. So, Grizz, give us a bit of a rundown. How you been? What's been going on? Where are you at? What's going on? Ooh, starting with me today. Get wrecked, Pav. No, I've been good, Cap. I got the I got the call on Friday uh, asking me if I'd like to attend a work trip to Darwin just for a quick couple of days, and uh, it was to fly on Sunday, return on Tuesday, and I it was just a good opportunity for me, so I did it. So I'm here. It's great. I tell you what, boys. Last night, like uh, they had the first rain of the season, and it was it's like fucking what do you call it? Torrential. Cap? Torrential. It's like torrential yeah. and like thunder and lightning. And yeah, all man. Sort of- I've heard that Darwin is like full on like tropical kind of, uh, you know, storm level shit. Like I suppose it makes sense being, you know, in that area. Um, you know, you think about that, like you're kind of near Malaysia and all that kind of area there, sort of in the rough area. Yeah, so up in the tropics, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the tropics, baby. So, um, yeah. But it's been great, Cap. I actually have a day tomorrow where I was supposed to be attending another conference tomorrow, but we wrapped it all up today, which means I've got to, I don't know, what should I, I might go see some crocodiles or something. What's There's got to be something good to do in Darwin, surely. It's got to Man, be that'd be shitloads of stuff. I mean, are you, are you cruising around with any locals um, like in your kind of work sort of crew like not really just your friend cap Come yeah, my mate. Well, just name <laughs> name drop her on, on, on the podcast i don't think Sorry, i was gonna follow that one up so don't worry too much yeah. okay <laughs> but yeah. i'm sure you could find something to do mark yeah maybe crocs um i've heard there's some reasonable places to eat in darwin but um i don't know Oh, there's great eatables eatables great eating venues in darwin yeah. cap yeah really nice yeah um, it's got one of the best like curry houses that I've ever been to. I had, dude, I had this mango. I think it's called a mango lassie. Oh, oh. oh dude, yeah, mango lassies. Aren't they Malaysian from memory? I yeah. think so. Yeah, I think they, yeah. they might be. This this curry place. They actually, you know what? They did do some Malaysian curries in there as well as some Indian. It's kind of like a mixed, a bit of a mixed, but it was yeah, unbelievable. Mixed I wonder level. if it was like a because I know. Um... Like Penang has an interesting um, kind of, I think they've got like Indian, Chinese and Malay influence in Penang. So maybe it's that kind of melting mixture pot of culture perhaps. Mm. I don't know. It sounds very nice though. What, what kind of curry did you grab? 
Um, we grabbed a bunch on the table and then just kind of like grabbed some rice and shares. But I think just from memory, yeah. I, can't remember, I think we had like a lamb, like a Rogan Josh or something and <clears throat> a couple of others. It was good though. I, can't, I honestly could not. I think it's probably one of the best curries I've had to date. Damn. Gee whiz. Okay. And you're back on Tuesday. Back on Tuesday. I'll be home late though. I don't fly till like 5 p.m. Darwin time, so home pretty late, and then straight into the office on Wednesday. No rest for the wicked. But I will say, Captain, <laughs> the room's the room's beautiful here. Like I, it, it's been actually quite nice. So yeah, fairly cruisy. Pretty cruisy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that's today the way was to quite, go, mate. quite hectic today in terms of like the actual work. Uh, but it's fine, mate. Got to do it sometimes, you know. I suppose at least tomorrow you can kind of cruise and you know have a bit of fun around Darwin. Um, but yeah, and actually, you won't be here next week, mate. No, so should let the viewers know that now. So I'll be flying out again for work this time offshore, so I won't have access to good internet. So we've got, yeah. a, got a secret guest, Cap. You haven't even told me who the secret guest is. Who's your secret guest? All right, it's being announced here right now. It is Straight Jacket Jim, our boy. Oy. He's coming in hot, seriously Jim. fucking hot. So um, you're gonna you're gonna be getting me and Jimbo uh, that 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 week, and then I'm gonna be away the following week because my brother's having a baby. So I'm gonna go and say good day to the small child that gets birthed, and um, I believe Grizz will have a special guest probably announced later on down the track. Um, yeah. For that so um fucking watch this space but um but yeah so you're gonna have a week without grizz then a week without me so it's just good that yeah. we've got legends in the wings cap that are prepared to pick up the slack yep. when we're too busy mate you know yeah well exactly that's what it's all about though mate you know it's all about um you know being a manager yourself now grizz you know like it's all about um <laughs> delegating <laughs> and not doing any work yourself <laughs> you know what's actually really funny cap like you're actually not wrong the more senior yeah. you get in something, the less work the less you do. Less fucking work you do, <laughs> but yep. you do cop the shit when stuff goes wrong. That's the that's oh yeah, the bad thing. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, you 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 gain responsibility and and lose the amount of work, which you know it's all it's all relative, isn't it, mate? So absolutely. Yeah. All right, Pav. What about you, mate? What have you been up to? What's the news? What? Um, I had a not so big one this weekend, fellas. Uh, I mm. uh, was at a convention. It was called KaiCon just on the Friday night. Uh, I was pretty chill, but then I was feeling a bit under the weather. So I kind of just, um, I think all the other big ones have, uh, <laughs> have been Finally caught up with him. Um, yeah, so I, I spend most of the weekend in bed, <laughs> but I get yeah. a lot of rest. So no complaints. Oh, that's good, man. <laughs> yeah. There's, excellent. Um, there's COVID going around Perth right now, boys. Like there is COVID going bed, around. Yeah. Yeah, my one of my bosses, um, he was out last week with it, uh, and I have a couple of friends who are out with it at the moment. So it's it's cruising, um, but it's not the only thing that's going around. I had gastro again over the weekend. <laughs> um, may I just say, fucking over it. Um, I think it's the fourth time I've had it in six months. So uh, if we could just fucking you know put a fucking kibosh on that one for a bit, that'd be great. Did uh, you shit the yeah. bed cap? Did you shit the bed? No, didn't shit the no? bed this time, but I did last time. Um, <laughs> so this time I was able to keep myself puckered up nicely. So um, <laughs> I was able to maintain elasticity. <laughs> Do you want to hear something funny, Cap? My mum yeah. is on our Instagram and uh, she's been watching our reels and she goes, I really like your reels, but Captain Perth swears a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know, every time I've worn them, I'm like, 
Jesus, I do swear a lot. <laughs> well, they're the interesting reels, though, Matt. They're the ones yeah. that... Yeah, I think it's when they get really yeah. passionate about something, like um, how bad Starfield is or something like that. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's when it was when, when the true cap comes out. But, uh, but yeah, so anyways, um, yes, uh, another another bout of gastro, but I'm feeling a lot better today. Yesterday, I lit- do you know what? I, I reckon I slept for about 18 hours yesterday, which was... Crazy because I said to me, it's probably the most I've slept in a day in well, well and truly over since Ted was born. So it was wild. I, I feel yeah. like it was. Did it screw great. with your? Uh, did it screw with your sleep cycle? Okay. Nah, I, I I honestly reckon I slept. I slept like I would normally throughout the through the night, and then I slept most of the day as well. It was really weird. It kind of just like. I mean, obviously the whole gastro side of it, but then I felt like really achy and sore, and like all my some of my muscles were really sore, and um, yeah, just really cooked. But um, feeling a lot better today. Still a little bit iffy, but um, I didn't I didn't go into work today because I I just thought no, I'm not gonna I'm gonna try and recover from this, and I'll go in tomorrow. Oh, but um, yeah, well, exactly. That was the other thing. You don't really want to share this with people. So <laughs> I thought I'd just, you know, I think I'm going to work from home tomorrow and then the next, tomorrow, the next day I'll go back in once um, about 48 hours. So I think that's that's probably a reasonable amount of time. So, yeah, but then over the weekend before I got gastro, I went to a VR golf simulator, which was really rad. Played with a couple of mates there. Um, we played Pebbles Beach in, I think, Florida. Um, so, and did it from the comfort of a air-conditioned couch in Perth, Western Australia, which was bloody brilliant. So, um, yeah, that was Did a lot they of fun. Give you give you beers, Kat? Well, they didn't give them to us. We had to purchase them. But, yeah, <laughs> we definitely got beers. Um, and we, we bought like a big beer tower and bought some pizza and um, a bit of chicken. And it was, dude, that's the way to play golf. I don't know why people play regular golf when you can just play that. What did you actually think, though? Like, is it comparable to actual golf like it's pretty impressive like uh in terms of the tracking and whatnot and you know i guess just what you get out of the actual uh, your your hit being calculated into a rough trajectory and stuff i was really impressed i mean I'm a terrible golfer and it it was about the exact same as I would normally play, <laughs> so, you know. Um, and, you know, you get a couple of really nice hits and it makes you feel really good. And, um, yeah, so I don't know. Like, ultimately, yeah, I, I think that's the way to play because, I mean, I don't, I don't have time to go and run around on a course for, you know, three-plus hours and fuck around, whereas, you know, you go into that for an hour and a half, you've had – you can play nine holes really quickly and easily. And again, I just re-mentioned that you can drink pints of beer the whole time uh, and not feel completely shattered afterwards because you've been walking around in 30 out, 35 plus degree heat. It's a pretty fucking good way to play golf. You don't have to walk to your ball either. That's pretty. It literally yeah. comes to you. It hits the thing at the back and then it rolls down into a little shaft and then it what? gets popped up in front of you. Oh, you don't shit. have to do anything. You don't even have to go and click your balls. It's like it's like bowling. Like the ball comes back to you. It's crazily good. Impressive. Yeah. Pretty cool. rad. So um, yeah, definitely high, highly recommend it if you haven't played played it before. It's it's a lot of fun. Even going and just doing driving range and just pissing around with it, just heaps of fun. Just smacking the shit out of balls. It's fun. It's what you want to do. So yeah, but yeah, so that was a pretty good weekend. But um, 
Uh, trying to think if there's anything else. Yeah, that was pretty much everything for me. Bit, bit um, of gaming that we'll get to later. Cap, any games? I had a little. I had. A, I actually did a fair bit of gaming. Um, I had a TED free day on Saturday. So, um, and then Sunday ended up being mostly a TED free um, day as well because I was just asleep in bed being crook. So, it turned out to be a TED free weekend. Um, but yeah, I did a fair bit of gaming. It was actually quite good. So, um, but yeah, well, mate. On that note, let's freaking get stuck straight into it, mate. Uh, let's do it. As always, house rules. Just want to say a big thank you to our wonderful listeners listening live via twitch.tv slash Oceanic Gaming Radio. Uh, listening, uh, yeah, you know, 7, p- 7 p.m. 8 AWST. We, we pump this this bad boy out every every Monday. So you can come and join, you know, such legends as Blindsided Moose, Straight Jacket Jim, Sukai, Airy J. Welcome back, by the way, mate. Uh, Slatos. Uh, who else we got in here? Yeah, bunch of freaking legends. Okay, so come and join them. Say good day. Um, be a part of the conversation as it freaking happens, baby. And then we've also got, if you would prefer to listen to it in your own damn time, you can do that. You just got to go and jump in on Spotify, Pod, Apple Podcasts. It's all there, baby. The whole lot. Uh, so just go and search up Oceanic Gaming Radio or OGR. Um, otherwise, you can go to OGR.show and uh, find all of those links uh, there for your you know e- easy gathering. Uh, so, yeah, anyways. Uh, now, uh, also want to say a big thank you to our wonderful ongoing Patreons. Uh, they are the following legends. Sukai, Moosey, Caging Runt, Sergeant Paul, Lee, G, D, J, Libs, Brendan, Dan Fantastic, Strops, and Slatos. Welcome to the, the Patreon fam, mate. Appreciate Cap, you. Don't, don't you have to sing a song to the new Patreon subscriber? Uh yeah. Uh now how did that song go again? Pav, could you start me off? <laughs> uh, uh yep. Uh, do you want me to do the beat or do you want me to do the lyrics? Uh I'll do the beat and you do the lyrics. <laughs> All right, take it off. Here comes Lados coming in with the Patreon. It's gonna be so tight and Oh dear God. End it. Quick, end it. Fucking bad, man. All right. I tell you what, the best part though was you had so much gusto behind you. It was like yeah, was you were ready. <laughs> okay. Anyways, thank you uh, for being a Patreon, Slater. That's basically what you get. Um, and you won't get it again though, so don't expect it. Uh, but yeah, look, big thank you to all our wonderful Patreons. Appreciate you guys. Um, yeah. Anyways, that's the one. All right. Let's dump, jump straight in. I oh, fuck, I didn't, I haven't got my freaking. Um, Things up, guys. Shit. Two seconds. Hang on. <laughs> uh, talk about something whilst uh, whilst this happens. Oh, fuck. It's still loading. What's going on here? Come on. All right. Here we go. Uh, big old quest log today. Uh, what do we got? Huge amounts of things today. Many. Um, we're just going to start off with this for the first one. Just probably the best place to start, as always, the beginning. Um, so there was a BlizzCon. It happened. We've gotten it. And there was a fair bit of stuff that was about Grizzly. Um, to begin with, um, we got a shitload of uh, World of Warcraft news. And by shitload, it wasn't out of control amounts. But we, well, actually, I'll tell you what. I think announcing three expansions um, is probably the first time they've ever done more than one expansion at a time. 
uh, for yep. their announcement schedule, I guess. Uh, and they had uh, the old old mate Chris, Chris Metzen, um, a Blizzard veteran who has worked in the sort of World of Warcraft slash Blizzard franchises since day dot. Uh, he left for a little while, came back, um, was brought in as like an art art kind of not art, but like story consultant, I guess. Um, and <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, Metzen's kind of words were that uh, we're going to be getting three expansions um, and they're going to cover this idea uh, of the World Soul saga. Uh, and uh, we got a really nice little cinematic that came alongside that. Now, did you watch that cinematic, Grizz? Uh, no, I didn't. Sorry. Um, but I did hear okay. a lot of ramblings about it being an amazing cinematic and very well received. Tell me yeah. about it. <laughs> what happened. So basically, if you're up to date with the story, um, you'll know that Anduin has not really been seen since Shadowlands, which was the expansion before uh, Dragonflight, which was the most recent one. Uh, basically, uh, Anduin was um, effectively uh, controlled by a really nasty bloke and made to do things that he wasn't proud of. And now he's having a bit of a sook out in the fucking desert. Um, and um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, you had your old mate Thrall come out, who's um, our classic orc guy. Uh, he's basically. Gives, gives him a bit of a pat on the back and says, mate, we need you. Um, there's things about to happen. And, um, yeah, all of this is done in beautiful cinematics, by the way. I've done a terrible job of uh, summarising the plot, but that's effectively yeah. what happens. Um, and I guess what it's really hinging off is uh, I believe Legion – was it Legion? I think, yes, it was Legion. The end of Legion, the expansion, there's a massive sword that gets driven into Azeroth. Like, and Azeroth is the planet, right? Uh, and at the very end of the cinematic, we see the big sword, and obviously that's going to play a big part in what's going to be happening next. Uh, but it, the, it seems like most of the story has always been kind of moving towards this idea of learning about the next big god in the, I guess, World of Warcraft Um Ethos, uh, Pantheon, I, I guess is probably the best word, um, being Azeroth itself. Um, Azeroth is basically like an egg. And, um, yeah, I think these next three expansions are going to cover learning who Azeroth is as a as a god and a titan, or t if you prefer. And, um, and yeah, so they've done a really nice job with the cinematic. Go and check it out. I think I was just, I was just hyper impressed with the realism of it. It was just beautiful, like really mm. well done, well acted. Um, I think one thing I've noticed recently in gaming, Grizz, is I've, I've found that gr games and cinematics have just almost all suddenly really leaned hard into having human expressive animation. Yeah. Uh, Hyper-realistic, so, eh? Yeah, that hyper-realism where it's not just the fact that they look like a human. It's also just the micro things that are happening with their mouth and um, the way, you know, they um, grit their teeth and just little things like that and the way they smile and um, those micro uh, just movements uh, being so well-rendered uh suddenly is it's quite crazy like because I, I feel like that's the next piece like you'd always see like oh that's a really realistic kind of looking um model or something but then you see them talk or something and that's kind of where you lose that realism or that um you know that feeling of realism anyway but um this particular cinematic is beautifully done so yeah, definitely worth I a did. bit of a watch 
did hear a lot of good things about the cinematic. Um, um, but Cap, so we can expect this to come fall of 2024 and the first uh, first uh, one off the rank will be called The War Within. Um, it sounds like, so what are we taking? We've got uh, two new regions, Cap, uh, a bunch more customization options, uh, as well as some new end game features for coming. But what is, what's fall 24, Cap? What's fall? Is that the US? So fall would be, what's the opposite in Australian? <laughs> Uh, is fall autumn? So that would be spring for us. Is that correct? So it'll be about this time next year. Okay. Which lines up with their spring. general kind of like mm. release schedule, I guess. In to like generally, you get a new World of Warcraft expansion around about November ish. Um, so that kind of lines up roughly. So they've gonna ha- they've got another year worth of I guess content they're gonna have to be scrounging together for the current expansion. Um, hey, and yeah. So it seems like they're really focusing on delivering quite a large story here across these expansions. Cap, I know that um, there's one particular guy in our group who used to be wow mad, but he was wow mad because he was in love with the World of Warcraft lore. Do you think yeah. this is going to uh, be a a pretty good lore through through these through expansions does it sound like they're putting time and effort back into the law i think in all honesty i think i think they're drawing off other franchises who have been doing really well recently and the big one that stands out to me is uh final fantasy online they had a overarching story that spanned you know however expansions they've had since uh what would that five or six expansions since um Final Fantasy Online kind of hit. So I think they're aware that a long overarching story is something that people will kind of like to sink their teeth into and and hold on to, I guess. And, and they've seen that work in other video games and other MMOs. And it's probably the first time I've actually seen WoW really kind of take from other kind of similar um, developers that are, are sort of developing in their own kind of in that MMO genre, I guess, uh, and mm. retrofit it for themselves. Will it work? Will it be a good story? I mean, I don't know until we actually get the story. I think the fact that they've brought on Chris Metzen, um, who is <clears throat> renowned for, you know, like developing the majority of the, the World of Warcraft lore, like as its base, yeah. like he's, yeah. he's the OG basically. Um, they're obviously pretty serious about it uh, and hopefully that together can you know produce something pretty special i think for me like world of warcraft lore is one thing that definitely gets me excited about world of warcraft because um i love the story as well um i think it's probably you know shadowlands was a bit of a um meh moment i think battle of battle for azeroth was a bit meh as well um i think that yes i think basically after legion i kind of stopped really caring an awful lot dragonflight was okay but it kind of felt like it lost a lot of the uh the connection to the central kind of story plot for me um and so whether they're able to regain that through this big kind of content dump we'll find out um but they do have some interesting um, features coming in the next expansion, though, Grizz. One thing that they talked about was this idea of war bands where you can group all of your alt characters together. Oh, and man, they that's sh- cool. I yeah, like so they'll share uh, they'll share banks, reputations, transmogs, and all that kind of stuff. So you don't have to be 
<coughs> fucking around with sending alts gold and this, that, and everything else. So that'll be good. Um, and then we've also got a new allied race. Uh, and there's also these new things called hero talents, which I believe are kind of like hero spe- uh, specializations. So that's going to be pretty cool. I think every, it seems like every class is going to be getting a new sp- set of like talent slash specialization, which is just going to be weird, but cool. Yeah, nice. um, like They've been yeah. running the three, the three trees for ages, haven't they? Uh, yeah, exactly. But I think it's going to be like three trees plus talents i guess and those kind of split into other trees so um uh, they always seem to do something like this like whether it's the uh, for example the pvp world talents or whatever else they've always seemed to have another secondary system and do they just chop and change it every time it's always something different so but it'd just be interesting to see how in depth they go and and how meaningful the choices of your talents are you know mean and feel um but one one final thing on the uh, world of warcraft front grizz they've got these new uh i guess kind of content um called delves uh, and they're kind of touted as bite-sized experiences for one to five players with end game rewards so wow which is interesting so you're in a similar size to a dungeon group which is five players Right, so obviously scales, um, but you, it, but you, it will scale between one and five players. So it's not quite a dungeon, um, but you can scale it with a single person, which I find very interesting. And you'll also get end game rewards from it. So uh, mm. I, I, I'm interested to see what this actually looks like. Whether it's going to be something kind of, um, I don't know, ro- with a road light kind of aspect to it or something like that. Uh, yeah. Maybe kind of wave-based stuff. Who knows? It'll be interesting see, to see I, what they do. I know that it was shat on quite a lot, but I actually quite liked Torghast when I played it. Um, yeah. I liked the idea of a road light and picking up different powers uh, for each run being different. But I know it was extremely tedious because it was a daily thing, but I would love the idea of like, you know, a... I don't know, a five-man dungeon that leveraged a little bit more off some roguelike mechanics. I think that would be pretty cool. Not that this is hinting at that, but they could do some pretty interesting things, I think. Yeah, and I think the idea of like, uh, I mean, the the word delve to me just sounds like we're delving into a dungeon or something and maybe there isn't a exact end to that. Maybe you keep going for as long as you can, kind of like that Torghast, you know, um, uh content where you did i mean you you could end it but you kind of would go through sections of it at a time and um yeah it's gonna be interesting to see what that actually is so um yeah but it looks like there's a lot of stuff coming to world of warcraft we get an awful lot of um information from the we did get like a features trailer but it wasn't a huge in-depth one so um yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens just on the way chris metzen um spoke about world of warcraft and and presented this information um and almost BlizzCon as a whole, and I'm sure we're going to do wrap-ups on how we felt about it, but I just want to say that I thought he particularly delivered the World of Warcraft um, new expansion stuff particularly well. I feel like he spoke really well, but he also spoke with a lot of passion around um, what it was what he was presenting at the time. And I think it was particularly quite well received by the crowd that was there from what I saw. Any, any thoughts on that, mate? Um, well, yeah, I mean, Chris Metzen is like, he's so well respected in the World of Warcraft scene, right? And the, the fact that he's come back to work on this, I think, speaks volumes about it because, you know, obviously Blizzard has had its, you know, sh- the shadow of Activision and, and just, you know, poor 
kind of internal management happening over the recent years. And I think having him come back and potentially produce a killer um, expansion or set of expansions um, is is pretty exciting. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, I think it's 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 reasonable to get excited when you get a guy like Chris Metzen come on board, back on board, and say, I think I, I believe in this. And um, I, I think he, he said like it's time to come home or something like that. Because I think the whole idea is they're trying to regain, you know, like our mate in our group who um, has been disconnected from WoW for so long. It's time to come home. Like let's let's do, we're, we're working towards getting you back on board because I think ultimately, if you think about the people who play World of Warcraft. I think it's really difficult to onboard people to play World of Warcraft because it's it's a game that's been around for a very long time and it's a known yeah. quantity for its players. But when you lose those players, they're the ones that you're more easily going to win back than brand new players because I just think it's a very difficult game to dip your te- toes into. It's it's very overwhelming. There's a lot, sh- lot of shit going on. Very difficult to, um, you know, if you are a law person, very difficult to spool up and figure out what's actually going on in the greater world of War- mm. Warcraft. Um, so I think if I, I, I can see their their kind of you know halftime um, game plan here for Blizzard, I think they're trying to onboard old players that have left because they just weren't feeling like they were being serviced properly or they the story was was being mishandled. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting yeah. to see how it goes. A lot of people left to Final Fantasy fourteen. You know, the success of that game yeah. has been huge in the three or yeah. four years as well. So. Yeah, yeah, and that's for more reasons than just the law and the game kind of um, stagnating a little bit. I think also, you know, the fact that um, you know there was um, significant issues happening at Blizzard, people decided that you know now is the time to you know give it the flick. Um, but yeah, so I think uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, interesting um, announcements. Now, Grizz, we also had uh, Diablo Four announce a. Uh, expansion also coming in 2024 next year. Uh, this is going to be called The Vessel of Hatred. Mm, the Vessel what did you of think? Hatred. Yeah, I did actually watch the cinematic to this cat, um, and they don't give you a whole heap. Essentially, they give you um, someone talking over some very beautiful environments that are these lush jungles, almost like South Asian-inspired ruins and other bits and pieces, yeah. and giving us a time frame for the launch window, which is the end of 2024. But I have a theory here, Cap. I've got a theory, mate. Do you want to hear it? Yep, I want to hear it. I think they will release a class character alongside this expansion, and I think it will be the Witch Doctor. Right. Now, I'm going to tell you something that will dispute that theory because they said they were definitely releasing a uh, new class. However, it's not a class we've seen before. Oh, okay. So maybe not the witch doctor. I but, thought the aesthetics of the video were very witch doctory. I me. did too. I hundred percent agree. But they did say that the next class will be in line with this with the aesthetic of the new expansion. So not witch doctor, but something else similar. So okay. like, interesting. Yeah, which I kind of thought maybe they're bringing the Amaz- Amazonian. Was it the Amazon from D- Diablo Amazon. One? Yeah. yeah, I thought they were bringing that back, but. I so, mean, have they said yeah. that it's a brand new class as in never been in a Diablo franchise before? Yep. Yep. As far as I'm aware, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> which sucks because I was really fanging for a Wish Doctor. I know you were. Yeah. It's one of your favorites. Yeah, I was um, so look, ready. We do have obviously the seasons leading up to, because uh, this DLC is still quite a, quite a way away, Cap. You know, yeah. We've got a while to wait. Obviously, we've got the seasons leading up to that. But um, look, I don't know how. 
Okay. I think the season of blood has actually done okay. Like I, I don't see too many complaints around the season of blood. Do I think it's bringing people back to the game? No. No. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Or it hasn't brought me back to the game. Um, no. It hasn't brought you back to the game. And a lot of my friends aren't playing it. Um, but I do think that they have improved upon uh, a few things. So we'll see how it leads up to DLC. Yeah. Well, they've got a few um, events coming between now and then, uh, one being Midwinter Blight, which is a, qu- a Christmas-themed event. Uh, you're basically going to see the Fractured Peaks uh, transformed into uh, Winter Wonderland kind of thing. Uh, and then they've got a bunch of other stuff. There's one thing called the Abattoir of Zir, or Zir. Uh, it's a six-week-long, highly replayable event for high-level players, which starts difficult and only gets harder. So there's a lot of stuff coming to Diablo 4, um, you know. So, yeah, looking pretty hey, cool. Hey, um, Kat, I, just, I don't know if you've got this uh, further down or not. Are you talking about WoW Classic? No, let's dive into that one now. Um, okay. So... Yeah, there's actually quite a quite a lot of interesting shit coming to uh, uh, World of Warcraft Classic. Firstly, they're going to be releasing uh, the next sort of chapter, I guess, of World of Warcraft Classic, being the Cataclysm expansion, um, which is pretty exciting. Grizz, um, I don't know how popular that expansion was overall, in my opinion, <laughs> but yeah. I guess you know, in terms of uh, just purely being uh, you know what do they call it? Economically, um, you know, in, in one after the next, I guess we eventually had to hit cataclysm. Um, but yeah, uh, they're going to be releasing it's, it's, that in twenty twenty four. Interesting. It's interesting, Cap. Like because they've stated here that um, there is some improvements and new features coming, but it's less of an overhaul compared to the other classic campaigns when it's coming. And it makes me think that you know how far are they going to take this? So they announced how far down the line of the expansions they're they're going to be releasing. Well, that's the thing, mate, is like, I mean, I I think Mr. Pandaria would be a banger going up to Mr. Pandaria, maybe even Legion. Um, and beyond that, I'm kind of like, um, do we really want to push that much further? Um, <laughs> because then you're getting pretty close to current day WoW, right? And then you're like, well, well you know, like how, how far are you going to go? Um, I, I, do they just keep rotating? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what they kind of do with this. But, um, yeah, like you mentioned, they, they've got some little quality of life bits and pieces being added, like um, they're just expanding some UI elements and, um, you know, touching up the dungeon finder, et cetera, so you can easily find groups. Um, so they are going to be some quality of life stuff to come with this. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good question, Grizz. I don't think they have explicitly noted how far they're going to be going with these expansions. but. Yeah, right. I guess we'll, we'll continue to see. Um, now, one thing they did also kind of announce in tandem with this, Grizz, is a thing called Season of Discovery, which is it looks really interesting. And this is, uh, well, it's it's an interesting, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's like a separate offshoot of WoW Classic. And they're calling it a... Uh, well, the way it's going to work is players will start as a fresh, well, they start a fresh adventure where exploration and experimentation will be key to unlocking new abilities for their characters. Um, it was described as vanilla WoW with new secrets and class altering abilities. 
imagining things such as tanking warlocks or mage healers. There'll be a level 25 cap, which will be raised in a few months as endgame content is introduced. Season of Discovery will launch on the 30th of November, which is next month. So they're basically turning WoW Classic on its head. It's interesting, Cap. Can you? I, I kind of feel like this is designed for a more casual player, is it? You know, with a lower level cap and some interesting mechanics. Well, I'm not too sure. It's going to be interesting to see how it actually plays, but there's always been a lot of people in uh, like WoW forums, uh, not speculating, but um, kind of almost theory crafting things like a tank warlock and, and or you know, mages that can heal, for example. Um, and I feel like maybe they're just trying to find ways to make WoW Classic, um, I don't know, just just interesting for the, maybe, maybe you're right, for the casual base because there's obviously a lot of people who are like tried and true WoW Classic plays. That's literally all they play. Uh, and then maybe they're just trying to find other ways to get people to play. Because, I mean, I, I guess for me in the uh, how do you – get people interested about WoW, maybe pe- maybe the more casual audience who normally play WoW um, retail uh, uh, and maybe ha- what can we do to try and get them interested in WoW when they're in a retail slump because the content's a little bit slower and maybe they try and have ways like this to kind of, you know, give them a bit of, um, well, you know, a carrot to try and get them into WoW Classic. Yeah, and a, and a ten-player uh, raid seems like something that could be quite fun. And if you you know if the level cap's a little bit lower, and you can go into it knowing that uh, you can you can play with your f- friends and potentially do a raid with some interesting builds. Yeah, I think it could be something that could be interesting for sure. Yeah, maybe maybe somewhere where anything goes because I think that's one thing with WoW Classic is the meta is so insanely stringent. Like you you cannot break from that meta. So. Whereas this is probably going to be something pretty unique, I guess, in a lot of ways. And people might might be able to play fairly the way they wish to play, depending on how Metaric does or doesn't get. Um, Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with it, I guess, ultimately, because we don't really know what we're going to be able to do or what is actually changing. Um, But the whole idea of unlocking new abilities through exploration and experimentation uh, what does that actually mean? And am I, am I unlocking abilities by doing certain dungeons or by doing certain quests? Um, how is that? Is there like some kind of alchemy aspect where I'm kind of unlocking things through experimenting with certain things? Like what's actually happening here? Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it's, it's going to be cool. I don't know. I don't know what to expect, Grizz, but I'm actually pretty interested to see that. Um, in a month's time. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, not even a month's time. We're in we're in November now. Um, it's like one, two, three, three, just three and a bit weeks away, Grizz. So pretty close. Mental. Yeah. There you go. All right, Grizz. Now, Overwatch actually had a fair bit of shit that was announced as well. They did announce a new hero called Morga. Uh, Morga is a tank hero with two big mini guns and actually looked pretty cool to be honest um i believe uh now what uh, what nationality were they going for this bloke i think they might he, he might be maori from the looks of things look look looks looks at yeah so yeah. i think this uh character was teased apparently in a 2019 overwatch comic um and now we see fully implemented in the game which is pretty cool you know coming back to some some old uh 
old piece of media and uh, bringing them in. Samoan, there you go. Thanks, Samoan. Okay, let me get that correct because um, I know married people that will get very angry that I said that. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, so I think the whole kind of um, Morgan's kind of talent is um, maintaining bullets on a on a character will ignite them, I guess, and, and slowly burn them over time. Uh, but then he's got a bunch of other shit. Well, his ultimate ability looks kind of fucking dope where he pulls everyone into a cage and chains them to, to inside the cage and then um, shoot, you, like people can't get out of the cage or be healed from outside of the cage. And so they have to fight Morga like 1v1 within the cage, which is kind of fucking rad and traps them in there. Um, well, yeah, as many cool. people who get trapped in there. Um, but yeah, very, very cool looking hero. Uh, I thought the, the cage fight thing was particularly rad. Uh, how that actually looks in game and how it actually feels, who knows? Because uh, he's—I I don't know whether he's like overpowered in that cage. Uh, couldn't really tell, but um, but yeah, looks interesting. And then alongside all this, they've got a new game mode coming out. They've got a new map called Hanoka. Um, uh, they've also got two new heroes coming soon, which we got kind of teasers for. Um, and uh, yes, we've got a new damage hero and a new support hero. So um, you know, for a game that uh, has had a, a fair bit of criticism and and um, you know, uh, I, I guess just not really had the support behind it because, uh, you know, a lot of content was being pulled away from it and it seemed like, uh, I guess, Blizzard were kind of winding down the uh, support for Overwatch. It seems like they've got a fair bit of stuff going on. I get, uh, you know, I will say not as much as they would have if they kept, kept the, <laughs> the content they promised to have, but yeah. there's a fair bit of stuff coming. Yeah, I think uh, they're working pretty hard to fix things, Cap, because they also had some things uh, changed for Season 9, the ranked matchmaking. There's quite a few changes. And I saw a, uh, a TikTok from, from a nerd at some point today who was very, very excited <laughs> for these ranked MMR changes. Uh, so oh, there's, okay. a full, there's a full rank reset happening for Season 9. Um, okay. And they're, giving, they're being really transparent with how you're gaining rank points as well. Um, so you know how Dota, Dota, Dota does before your match. It tells you the rank of your teammates and the enemy. It does yep. that. And then it also, when it calculates how much rank you're winning uh, at the end of each match, it'll, it'll, it'll give you a bit more information on where that's coming from. They've also added another tier cap at the end of, I think it's Grandmaster, there's another tier at the end of, of the rank as ah. well. Uh, so a couple of little things changing in the rank space for Overwatch 2. Clearly trying to... Um, you know, get the competitive scene up and cranking again. So um, yeah. I believe uh, much like CS uh, Go has cap, there's also um, different skins you can unlock based on your rank. So there's a green looking weapons for the different classes that you can unlock now um, as part of your uh, ranking up as well. So oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I feel like that was existed back when Overwatch first came out with golden weapons, or maybe that was just by using them a lot. I can't quite remember. But, I haven't played enough to know. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. there you bloody go, mate. Well, in, in tandem with all this, mate, we also had a bunch of Hearthstone stuff announced. They've got Showdown in the Badlands, which is kind of like a, a Wild West-themed um, expansion for Hearthstone. I saw a, a few of the cards in the trailer seem to have uh, <clears throat> like the, I guess, the, the gimmick um, for the cards was... You know, if you don't have any 
duplicate cards in your hand do this thing. Okay. Uh, yep. So trying to minimize duplication in your in your deck. Um, so that looks pretty interesting. And they also announced that Warcraft Rumble is now available, um, which I found really weird because I was like, wait, what the fuck? I've played this <laughs> You're already game. playing it. Uh, yeah. And apparently yeah. it's soft launched in Australia only, which was kind of oh. cool. So, wow. um, yeah, so I had no idea hey. about that. I just, I just assumed it was out, <laughs> but it, we just yeah. got early. Just on Hearthstone, mate, just to um, jump back at a thing there, I used to play a lot of Hearthstone um, with a mate of ours, Pete, and I used yep. to play it all the time, my iPads and everything else. And you know what I find, Kat, is the game is just seriously too expensive to play. Um, if you're going to play standard ranked, then you need to buy packs for you to uh, be able to play the standard format as, as they kind of rotate the sets so that the current ones can only be yeah. played. It was just way too expensive to keep playing that game. I looked at this um, Hearthstone expansion and it looks awesome. And it actually gave me a big nostalgia hit and made me want to jump back in. But then I just literally just remembered that it's just it's just so expensive to stay yeah. currently meta and compete, compete and ranked in it. It's unfortunate. What do you reckon it would cost you to, I guess, get an expansion's worth of cards, Grizz, roughly? All of the cards or uh, Well, yeah, to... if you want, you know, like, uh, well, I, I mean, so, I don't even know how many fucking cards yeah. there are in an expansion. Right. So the way it works, man, is you can actually craft the cards you want using dust. So yeah. you can disenchant. Um, it depends. Look, look, it would cost you a serious amount of money if you were to focus on more than one deck. I, actually, look, I don't play the game for a while. Maybe it's changed. But back when I played, I had one deck that I would keep in standard and I would probably dump a few um, bucks to, to buy packs and I would be dusting, disenchanting the cards that I didn't want from other decks to build the ones for the deck that I wanted to play so I could do it that way. Um, I don't know what it's like now. But, yeah, look, I, I dropped significant coin to buy packs so I could do that back in the day. Um yeah. Wow. Just toughy. Yeah, it's it's a shame because well, I mean, <clears throat> this is how they monetize free to play games, I guess, but um but ultimately it it kind of just puts you off it generally because you can't really have a good time without spending a shitload of money where I don't know, I guess MTG Arena's probably in a similar um kind of position right like if you want to do the same yeah you're gonna to have to spend some yeah. cash um yeah, yeah, true. but yeah. then i mean what you could do is not play either of them and play slay the spire um for <laughs> one buy in price and have a fucking great time mm. you know yeah. so i mean you could always play casual in it like non-ranked and you any any card you want you could use all your old cards and all that stuff but i don't know there's something about playing standard comp uh ranked that is enjoyable so yeah, of course. I mean, look, you know, they're going to have these stuff. They have announced they are going to have these things called catch-up packs that contain cards from the last two years. So if you really want to play it, maybe the expansion, the release of the expansion, is a good time to do it. Um, and maybe I'll do that and play it until I start getting my ass kicked from people spending more money than me, and then I'll uh, drop <laughs> out again. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you'll probably find that the new expansion cards aren't as tuned as hard as the other um, cards. I'd imagine. <laughs> so classic, but yeah, there you go. I mean, that was pretty much all of BlizzCon um, <clears throat> uh, as far as I'm aware, Grizz. So that's you know pretty yeah. pretty big set of announcements, really. Yep. Um, Cap, look, a couple of comments from me on general BlizzCon things. You know, we had a couple of real controversial ones there for a, for a while. We had the one where they came out and announced Diablo Immortal, which was just a 
a sheer cash grab. And the one before yep. that, where they said, haven't you got mobile phones? And we're all waiting for news on Diablo 4 and other bits and pieces. And yeah. I feel like uh, from what I saw, this BlizzCon in terms of the announcements and other bits and pieces were actually pretty good. The crowd seemed to be pretty hyped around everything they saw. And I think the WoW stuff was particularly well delivered and no real standouts as, as being those oh shit moments that uh, Blizzard have put their foot in it. So uh, overall, I think uh, pretty pretty decent showing. What about you? Yeah. No, I thought it was just a good solid kind of um, touch on all of their major kind of franchises. Um, you know, uh, I, th I think... It makes me wonder what they're going to do with things like StarCraft um, and if they're ever going to do anything with StarCraft um, in the near future. Yeah, um, my guess is probably not. Will they ever Will they ever try retry Heroes of the Storm? I'm guessing probably not. Um, but for the most part, I think we got what we probably wanted out of it for the, you know, generally. I was pretty interested to see what they had in store for World of Warcraft to the point where I actually downloaded World of Warcraft to just kind of dip my toes in and see what's sort of going on currently in Aww. the expansion so yeah, yeah. probably just jump in for a month fuck around and then wait until the next expansion comes out but you know so i don't know i think um i was i was, I was kind of pleasantly surprised with all the announcements actually i thought um you know it was a pretty reasonable swath of um of information though i will say a lot of the announcements were fairly light on the in the gameplay region in terms of um well, not true for Overwatch. I'd argue that there's a fair bit for that. But, you know, World of Warcraft and Diablo, we didn't see an awful lot for the next um, set of stuff. We got some sort of minor features and whatnot. But, um, you know, I don't know. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Just on another note, Cap, quickly before we move on, um, I did see that the actual physical attendance at BlizzCon this year copped very bad reviews in terms of uh, people feeling like not a lot of money was spent on the event itself and uh, the facilities and other bits and pieces, big lines and not much to see and a bit of a waste of money, etc. So that's interesting as well. Yeah, that's it's funny because I feel like um, there's been previous years recently where the same kind of sentiment's been shared. So I guess yeah. Blizzard kind of just trying to minimise no. their expenditure. Um, exactly. You know. Gaming industry, yeah, a lot of gaming, gaming and tech industry right now is not particularly in a good in a good place in comparison oh. to previous years. So. Oh no, oh no! And this next story just all it does is uh, confirm that with Bungie having reduced its staff count by a hundred staffers, all of whom will be parting ways soon. Um, I think in the coming months, um, they have been given their severance packages, and it looks like Marathon. Uh, Bungie's upcoming sort of title um, kind of touted to be a kind of Tarkov-esque, um, uh, what do they call that? Um, extraction looter shooter. Extraction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, ex uh, Destiny 2's forthcoming expansion, The Final Shape, they're all kind of um, expected to launch. Uh, I think The Final Shape was supposed to be June 2024, whilst Marathon's not going to be ready till 2025, which... Um, you know, of course, you're going to be losing 100 people on your on your development team. I can imagine it's probably going to be quite a hit. So, um, so there, there you go. Yep. Now, there's a lot of speculation about why this was happening. Some people were sort of going as far to suggest that um, Bungie was removing employees to replace them with um, Sony <laughs> employees, which just made no sense. Um, yep. But it kind of just that's not doesn't really seem to be the case. Um, what we do know is that um, Bungie management uh, triggered 
this ultimately uh and have done some kind of garbo shit uh for example now i believe some of the uh the bungee employee um i guess um benefits and stuff that uh, they had uh, uh kind of being sev- severed early uh which will mean they don't get as much as they should have so for example um just to kind of uh, made that a bit clearer. Um, a lot of the, the employees had in shares that were supposed to be handed over to them after a certain amount of time after the Sony purchase. Um, now the fact that they're being let go post uh, before that time is up means they will not no longer be receiving those shares, um, which I guess is just you know kind of sucky. But I'm sure that kind of came down into the. Uh, you know, the pros and cons of severing a hundred people, they go, oh, well, guess what? We'd have to pay these people their fucking hundreds of shares. So we'll be able to retain those. How good is yeah. that? Um, and that then really also, sucks, Kat, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, of course. It, it sucks big time. I mean, a lot of those people are probably um, holding out for those shares, whether they wanted to keep them or sell them. Um, but yeah. It is suggested, Cap, that, um, that uh, the slimming down of the team was probably directed by Sony. However, the terms in which these people are let go would be handled by Bungie as, um, yeah. you know, it's quite a separate thing. So yeah. that doesn't paint Bungie in a particularly good light um, in terms of the, the, the terms that these people are uh, uh, losing their jobs. Not, not yeah. ideal, for sure. Yeah, pretty brutal. But on top of that, uh, their benefits such as like health insurance and stuff like that will kind of, I guess, go <laughs> with that as well. So, um, yeah, kind of brutal. But um, and, and 100 people is a lot of people for a development studio that size. Um, you know, some development studios are 100 people. Uh, so when you think yeah. about it like that, it's kind of wild. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, it's massive. So, um, you know, it's just crazy. So um, pretty brutal. Uh, one thing that struck me with this, Grizz, is yeah. that Destiny 2 has really been struggling recently and I think mm. it's really been struggling to maintain its player base and I guess provide an interesting set of challenges and content for new and consistent players me being one of those people and i just don't know how the fuck they're going to create a interesting video game when they are already struggling to do it and now they're going to be trying to do it with 100 less people it's going to be weird i I don't know how this is going to look um was I, i do wonder whether bungie just kind of got bloated and now we're just kind of seeing the after effects of that and maybe Bungie will never be able to really get Destiny 2 under control. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just yeah. a lot of questions I have in regards to this. It's an interesting this. one. It, you know, it could go either way, I think, Cap. You know, it almost makes me think that maybe this is a direction from Sony as a bit of a um, cut the fat, refocus, and, you know, maybe they'll look to hire a bit later down the track to, to get some more fresh blood in there. But, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I kind of... Definitely see where you're coming from. It's a bit worrying for for Destiny Two fans, sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think, um, well, yeah, God, if I was a Destiny Two fan, I'd, I'd probably be uh, quivering in my boots at the moment. But we'll, we'll see what happens in the in the coming months and and uh, see so, how the the next expansion shapes up. Out of the hundred cap, um, any notable um, people that you would 
know that have been laid off out of those 100? Well, one main person was Michael Salvatore, which is the one of the original composers for the original Halo 1 themes uh, tune, uh, which you would all know. Uh, just look it up, and I'm sure you're very, very, uh, well, I'm sure you're very familiar with it. Um, so they were laid off, uh, and I guess, I guess like a lot of senior kind of, um, there's a few senior uh, Bungie devs as well. And uh, yeah, it's just a lot of people being let go. Um, I mean, ultimately, we, we're seeing this over and over again, Grizz. I don't think this will be the last one we see, but um, yeah, it's just kind of sucky. Um, hopefully, these people can find another place of employment in the meantime. But when you're seeing like iconic studio legends such as Michael Salvatore um, being let go, it's just kind of like, well, this is. Yeah. Bit rough. You know, we've been speaking about this quite a lot recently, Cap. You know, the whole tech gaming industry really suffering, and we've seen layoffs across the board, and you know, people being cut, losing their jobs, and yeah, it's a shame, um, and it sucks. But you know, I think for Bungie to be economically viable and keep making Destiny, I think that's you know, these are probably the things that they actually have to do to maintain that exactly. Game. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's well. I mean, they. I mean, ultimately, yeah, like. I think if anyone knows how to make video games, it's the the development studios, right? And if they need to shed people, unfortunately, there's probably a reason for that. And it's generally it's numbers, right? Like if if they can't continue to keep doing it because the numbers aren't working out, they're not going to keep trying to do it and just hope for the best. Like they're going to try and go into risk management and and assess those risks and evaluate them. So, yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but it's just this is the the world we live in, and uh, you know it happens everywhere. And unfortunately, gaming seems to be copying copying it quite significantly at the moment. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed for those people that have been let go. Um, now, Grits. Yeah. From people that aren't making as much money as they'd hoped to people that are <laughs> making a shitload of money. Um, mm. Just an interesting, crazy stat: No Man's Sky generated fucking 81 million dollars last year i am actually when you put this in i'm actually quite blown away by that cap for a couple of reasons um first reason is that it's a one from my understanding it's a one purchase game right you buy the game once yeah and you get access to all the content and stuff that they keep pumping out so they must be selling a significant number of copies ongoing yeah. which is fucking is amazing crazy absolutely crazy i think to, um two big things is well one major thing is just availability across different consoles uh you know they have got this on the switch now as well um but yeah i mean these guys are you know they are the the ultimate redemption story really i mean you know one person that i saw mentioned uh that you know for a company of 45 employees um you know each employee has a revenue you know once you once you distill the revenue it's made since it came out to now each employees made about a million well i think that's just for last year um sorry actually one million dollars in revenue last year per employee um yeah. which would actually pound so two million dollars <laughs> revenue per employee which is fucking crazy dude that is out of control yeah i mean this this is the game that went from overwhelmingly inventive on steam to five years later being one of the most highly reviewed games of all time on yeah. overwhelmingly positive. So, yeah, yeah absolute um, redemption arc. And, and, Cap, this is my personal take on this, but I feel like 
this is like No Man's Sky. Uh, sorry, this is like, um, what's that fucking game? Starfield, but gives everything and more. Like it yeah. is just, there is literally so much in this game. Yeah. So if you haven't played it, yeah. Give it a crack. I mean, I mean, the fact that they just keep bringing out DLCs for this game that you don't have to pay for, uh, they just keep on layering more and more um, systems and ways to interact with the game. It's it's really bloody impressive. Um, one thing to note as well, Grizz, is that all whilst this is happening, they do have a side project uh, that they've touted to be probably more impossible or well, more seemingly impossible than what No Man's Sky was thought to be when they announced that project, you know, way back when. I remember when No Man's Sky was first announced, the idea of having an infinite universe of planets and, and, and you know, procedural generation just seemed impossible. And here we are with No Man's Sky. So, you know, Sean Murray of... Um, Hello Games basically said, um, I think this was last year from memory, uh, that they've got another big project in the works so they're kind of working on the side whilst they keep belting out DLC. So, yeah, this yeah, is kind of look, wild, man. I think they've done a few things really well. Sukai's mentioned one of them in chat. Um, they don't really hype up the updates. It's like, oh, yeah, there's new content coming. And they do do that. And I think that, like, underhyped thing just brings people in. But also I think their monetization is really for gamers you know it's a one pay game and you get the content they, they continually bring out for you there's no you know three dlcs this is what we've got you know you pay for each of those separately and you've got an ongoing subscription none of that it's just a it's almost like a live service game you're paying for once but i mean have a look at it cap 81 million dollars in revenue is clearly working for them well it's exactly pretty- and then you have these other other development studios that are trying to cram and shove microtransactions down your throat to the nth degree and i'm sure some of these mobile games are making a shitload of money but like obviously it's possible to have a good product that produces a significant revenue and you not be a complete piece of shit basically um you know it's possible will people do it i don't know well i mean you know larian studios have done a bloody good job of it um you know it's possible to, to have a moral compass in in this uh in this world of Potential from, microtransactions from as well, Cap. I feel like always yeah. uh, hit the mark with that as well. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of great developers out there that are trying to do the, the best by their um, their gamers, uh, and I think yeah, you definitely uh, you definitely got to uh, give it to Hello Games. They've done a bloody bloody good job of it. So yeah, there you go. Um, all right, Grizz. Now next, I wanted to have a bit of a chat to you about. Um, you use any third party video gaming controllers, Grizz? Uh, no, but no, I don't actually. No, I don't. I use I yeah. use the, uh, the PS5 controller pretty much for everything. Yeah, which is probably a smart idea because you never know when all of a sudden your third-party controllers might just cease to work because maybe they're not no longer supported by the console that you're playing them alongside, and that is exactly what's going to be happening for Xbox players. Uh, basically, from November, you can say goodbye to your unofficial accessories. Uh, what's happening is they're going to be getting blocked via um, the kind of Wi-Fi communication with the Xbox itself, uh, and will be returning in error zero X eight two D six zero 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 two, and you better use them. So, you can't plug them in. Okay. Can't plug them into your Xbox and play. I think you also can plug blocked. if you've got a. If you got, I don't think plug-in ones work either. I think it's. I think you need either. 
there's a couple of ways to do it. Uh, now, there's some certain policies that you need to stick by if you're a third um, third party, you know, peripheral creator. Um, otherwise, uh, now, what was it? I believe depending on the device, uh, there's also certain things like, so for example, Turtle Beach um, headsets, they have to have like a special Microsoft chip in them for them to, for the, well, those particular headsets. And I believe that kind of proprietary shit's going to be required for everything basically to make sure that, um, well, A, the big one for this uh, is that they a lot of these third-party controllers but were being used as cheating um, devices, basically. Oh, oh, dude. This, okay, I spoke about this on the podcast, but you can get a thing for Call of Duty that you plug into the end of your controller and then you plug into your uh, whatever device you're playing and it will automatically calculate the recoil for any loadout and any guns. So you can just point straight yeah. and hold the trigger and it will shoot straight for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So it's shit like that that they're trying to kind of get out of the whole ecosystem, right? So a lot of third-party devices will just be flat out not usable um, because they don't have the integrated technology that, um, you know, uh, runs alongside um, whatever Microsoft needs you to have as a developer of these devices. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, Cool. Check your controllers because uh, they may not work in November yeah. if they're not yeah. official. So, yeah, I mean, this won't be for all controllers, I will say. Um, depending on your controller, some of them might work, depending on whether they've got, you know, their uh, accepted official Microsoft third-party stuff, but otherwise they're just not going to fucking work. So, bad luck. <laughs> now, Grizz. Like yeah. Another very interesting little thing that popped up recently when it comes to uh, I guess, uh, console hardware. Uh, there was a patent that surfaced uh, that came out of Nintendo and it's a dual screen system that can be split into two, a patent that has been kind of um, put together for a, a system like that. So, um, I mean, looking at the pictures, it's not particularly you know, interesting. It basically kind of just looks like a 3DS that slides and splits. I was going to say, it's 3DS. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can imagine like a circular 3DS slash switch with, yeah, I guess like two screens, one under the other, um, that's kind of what we're, we're seeing in this patent. What do you reckon? Do you reckon this might be the Switch 2, Chris? has to be the Switch 2. I can't see them putting another type of console out. Yeah. When we so badly need a fucking, you know, reiteration of the switch. So absolutely, yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. Which well, is we've cool. definitely we've got a lot of um, insider knowledge suggesting that we're we're getting the switch to very soon. Um, seems like a weird time for this patent to surface. In my opinion, I would have thought maybe we would have seen this earlier if they'd been kind of floating around though i tell you what um this is uh, a alleged series of applications filed by nintendo in november 2022 so this is actually a fairly old one so maybe this is i mean this would have been this basically would have been on on submitted last year so maybe this is something to do with the switch too i will say uh, multiple people have kind of suggested that hey um you know these patents don't always come out um, you know, they're, they're not always reflective. That Sometimes it can just be like some internal development stuff that they're doing might not always be like a thing. Sometimes they just put patents out for things that they think might be a thing in the future. Um, <laughs> so, um, but it'll be interesting to see whether we get 
some kind of um, – I'm going to drop this in chat for everyone listening um, live just so they can have a bit of a squiz. But uh, it, it's it's a very interesting-looking shape, and uh, the, the lower screen um, kind of looks like it's got like a joystick kind of thing going on, but it very much just looks like a 3DS to me. Um, it would be quite hilarious to see them go from the 3DS to the Switch and then to the Switch DS. Uh, I don't know. I, w- would they do it? Who knows? Um, I feel like that would be quite a heavy device, Chris. Yeah, it would be. And it would make it, I mean, that's the whole beauty of the Switch, right? The whole uh, handheld thing. And, and they've got to be careful, Cap, because they're competing with the Steam Deck as well. So they're going to want to yeah. make it pretty fucking watertight and good. So Yeah. 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 It's going to be interesting to see what the the Switch Two looks and feels like, but um, but yeah, looks wild. So I guess we'll find out more about what that is. And wow, well, I'm I'm hoping that we get an announcement by February next year for the Switch Two. Okay, Feb next year, Because right. yep. I reckon I reckon they'll probably go through. Because I don't think it'll be ready till end of next year but I'd imagine that they wouldn't want to announce it before holiday this year because then people would be like, well, why would I buy a Switch now when I could just buy the Switch 2 next year? So they'll get pe- let people buy a Switch now and then come next year, they'll announce it hopefully early to get people excited, get the share price up and, you know, get that share price up, get people excited and um, and go from there. So that's my that's my estimation. Okay. fair. Let's see. Feb we'll see will uh, update you. Yeah. Yep. But, yeah, anyways, that was the, uh, the the quest log, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we don't have a uh, OGR poll this week because uh, of my little gastro bout yesterday and I was um, just in bed all day. So I did think about it. Um, I just didn't have the power or the energy to type in multiple characters into Twitter. So I do apologize. We'll get that done next week. But, uh, but yeah, hang in there. <coughs> It's going to be okay. Now, Grizz, yeah, mate. I want to know from you, mate. I want to know how your gaming's been going. Please and thank you. <laughs> I always go first. One day we should do you first, Cap. You can ask yourself. Um, yeah, true. <laughs> look, a couple of new games I have been playing, Cap. I actually downloaded Ooh. Lords of the Fallen. Yeah, um, nice. Last, I downloaded it Saturday last week, I think, maybe. Anyway, I've given it probably about nine or ten hours now. And we'll start from the start here, Cap, because loading into the game, I found the menuing to be absolute garbageo. As I did. It was even worse when I started. It was like fucked. Like you couldn't even get into the game easily because the the buttons wouldn't fucking work and all kinds of weird stuff. Half the battle was trying to get into the game, dude. And then character yeah. creation. I got into character creation. I was like, thank fuck. I'm, ag- I'm, I'm actually here. In the game. I've done it. It's good. I'm here. And the character creation was even fucking worse, dude. I could not get my character to look decent. Yeah. So it reminded me a lot of Dark Souls 3 where you could like meme your guy purple and with big puffy cheeks and fucking mm-hmm. yeah, all sorts of things. But um, loading times are also quite terrible. And my animations were stuttering and anything else, even though I was running like, the lowest possible settings. And I thought, I thought like, I thought that my PC couldn't handle it. But then I was thinking, no, I played Liza P. I nearly had that on Max, and Elden Ring was fine. <laughs> my, my PC should be fine. But Cap, I will say, once I got into the game, it ran buttery smooth. It looked amazing. And look, the game is 
is it is a really really good game. I love the way the game plays. I think that the uh, just to give people a bit of an idea of what this game is, it is basically like a I would say it's Souls like. Um, you know, it incorporates that combat style where you can block and dodge. Um, there's lots of different weapons, different classes you can play. Um, it is very difficult. Uh, I would say it's probably on the frustration levels for me, Cap, as the Dark Souls 2 DLC. There's some areas that are just bullshit, and I don't know where I'm going. Yeah. I'm trying to find <laughs> the next area. But it still felt satisfying to me. And I think one of the mechanics that I love the most is traversing through the environments. You can use your lamp, this little lamp that you've got, to essentially show like a new... Um, you can peer into like an alternative kind of world or universe um, and you can use that, say if you go up to a gate and it's closed in the universe you're in, you can use your lamp to look at the gate. It might be open in the alternate universe, then you can walk through while you're holding your lamp or you can uh, bring yourself into the alternate universe and, and fight different enemies and stuff in there. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm butchering the explanation of this, but what I'm trying to say is I found the traversal mechanic using this uh, lamp to be really interesting and it provided something that the dark souls games didn't give me which was yep. this kind of very unique traversal style through the game and i thought that's pretty cool cat cool. yeah i think the way that you mix the exploration in that game with that mechanic is what makes it feel so satisfying is because you know, you'll see certain things that you want to get to or you can't figure out what you're supposed to be doing and then sometimes you get your lamp out and you go, oh, shit, yeah, right, okay. Or you find little ways to kind of deal with certain situations with your lamp a little bit easier than you might have otherwise. Like it's um, it's pretty cool. Like and, and even sometimes you'll see areas you're like, oh, what the, where's that even? What, why is that up there and how do I even get to that? And then you'll, yeah. you'll further down you get your lamp out and there's a massive bridge that's, in the area in front of you that you can't see yeah. unless you have your, your your lamp out. It's really cool. It's having yeah, that kind I, of alternate dark world alongside. It's really cool. And I also think I like the way because they punish you for being in the dark world. So when you're in the dark world, um, you basically got a timer. Um, and when it ticks uh, over time, enemies will just spawn out of nowhere and attack you. But if you leave it too long, um, more enemies and more enemies, and then a real big bad enemy will come and kill you. So it means that you can't spend too long in there. So it does, you do come to moments where uh, you will, you're like you say, you, know, you won't see something until you um, look at look at your lamp and go into the dark world. And then all of a sudden there's this massive big structure yeah. in front of you that wasn't like, there. Ah. And you can kind of traverse through. But so I found the exploration really interesting, Cap, but I also am enjoying the itemization in it as well. It actually reminds me quite a lot of Elden Ring in that fact. I know my first playthrough of Elden Ring, I was playing a Dex character, but I found a bunch of spells and items and I was like, oh, man, it would be cool to do a second playthrough and do some spell casting. And I'm kind of feeling the same way through this game. There is um, a lot of mechanics that I'm not using, but I'm really enjoying the mechanics that I am using in terms of I'm actually playing a strength build and um, enjoying that. So, um, yeah, look, so far uh, for my 10 hours in, apart from the menuing and my issues with the startup of the game, um, yeah, I think it's... I think it has potential. If they can make another one of these down the track and fix those things, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you fought a boss yet, Grizz? I assume you must have. Uh, yeah, I think I've got through a couple. I've got through... I just killed the lady with the dogs, the hounds. Uh, 
Oh, you know yes. Yep, 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 yep. I know the one. Seven I think so. Wait. You. Yeah, no, no. Wait a second. You must have done Just a fair few. I've done a couple of bosses. Yeah, I've done the, the initial... angel lady. Yeah, the angel lady. Yep, done the angel and, lady. And yeah. then the other lady that's like the with the fucking uh, one after her in the depth depths bit. Yeah, I think I'm up, I'm up at her. So you must be one up, up beyond me. Yeah, and fuck, man, bosses are hard. Hey, Cap, like they are hard. They're really yeah. hard. They really punish you for not understanding their. Um, their patterns and stuff. Like you really need yeah. to know their patterns. <laughs> you need yeah, to learn them do. like yeah. big and time look, or you will get fucked. Parenting is definitely a big thing. It actually reminds me, it's they've kind of taken like some of the things from other Souls games. I think you might've spoken about this when you were talking about Lords of the Fallen, but yeah, there's a whole mechanic where um, if you block the enemy perfectly, they have like a stagger bar that builds up on them. Yep. Um, so you got to parry them a good few times and then stagger them. But I'm finding that it's interesting because the bosses, it's almost like a dance. A lot of them have a couple of phases and one phase might be really block and parry heavy. And then the next phase, it's like you need to dodge all the attacks because parrying is nearly impossible. So yeah. I'm liking that you've got to kind of figure out which way to approach the fights. And um, yeah. I think that's pretty It's pretty cool. Yeah. Good game. No, the, game so. the game's a cracker, mate. Absolute cracker. I haven't had the, uh, the stamina to really sort of sit through a Souls game, though I do really like what they're doing with the aesthetic and stuff and I'm probably going to have to restart that game at some point in the near future and get, really give it a good crack when I've got some time up my sleeve. But, um, mm. but yeah, bang a game. Um, anything else, Grizz, you been on your radar? I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3, which I think I already told you. Um, look, I don't uh, yes, like yes, I'm spoiling yes. anything for anyone here, but we killed Shadowheart. Uh, she's been a, a member of our party pretty much all, the whole way through. <laughs> so a few tears were shed. We didn't know that was going to happen, but we're also being pretty strict with not loading things. So um, yeah. we're not even in Baldur's Gate yet, Cap. Like, I just cannot believe the scope of this game. It just keeps oh, opening dude. up. It's unbelievable. Yeah. 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 It's, but, it's actually crazy. It's um, very enjoyable. Apart from that, Cap, the only other thing that I wanted to bring up is, I don't know if you've seen it, but in the Fortnite universe, um, they actually bought out OG Fortnite or Fortnite OG, which was- Oh, I did see this, yeah. It was the release of the original map um, from season one. And look, it actually brought back some nostalgia for me because at that time I was playing it, maybe season one to three, something like that. So places like Lazy Links, Cap, you remember when we used to drop there all the time? Which yeah. Is the that hasn't been yeah. in the game for like seven or eight seasons now, something like that. So, yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So seeing some of the original locations has been, uh, and, and also some of those streamers that used to stream that um, kind of rekindle uh, their relationships and play again. So I was actually watching um, it was Ninja, Tim the Tatman, um, Courage, a few other guys that were playing back around that time. And yeah, just interesting to to, to see how much that game's changed and bring it back to, to season one. It's cool, hey. I mean, you know, like I'm not I'm not a Fortnite guy, but you can't deny the effect that Fortnite's had on just video games in general. And and you know, I guess in even in terms of games as a service, like providing a consistent world for people to play it. And it's a really popular game. Like you can't deny it's its draw. Um, and for them to go and put the OG map back in, is is the is it Tomato Lake? Is that still in there, mate? 
Yeah, Tomato Lake's back in there. Yep. Uh, Shit, yeah. Tomato, Tomato Town, I think. Is it Tomato, Tomato Town? Tomato Town. Yeah, Tomato yeah. Town. I mean, we used to go there a lot and get our asses kicked. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, you could hit one of the structures there and get a heap of metal at the start of the game. I think it was like the big tomato dude or something, so it was a yeah. good drop to go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's wicked, mate. Love it. That's um, me. Cap, yeah, nice. how's your gaming been going, mate? What have you been up to? My gaming's been going really good, mate. I've been playing a lot of Alan Wake 2. I've been trying to pump through that. Um, that game's awesome. It's like it's like playing a cult thriller film. Um, and it's just it is such a great job with the cinematography. And um this is the game I was talking about earlier when I was sort of saying that we've hit this point where video game facial animations are actually becoming more photorealistic um, and I guess human in general because the the facial animations of the, you know, CGI characters you're playing uh, are just incredibly well done. And there's certain little like micro movements where you're like, man, that's fucking crazy. Like it, it just feels super real and, They've done a really good job of mixing it up with live acted sequences as well. So your character in the game suddenly is now being acted as, um, you know, like an actual actor. Um, and that person is the, you know, obviously the, the, um, the design, um, you know, impetus for that character as well. So like it's the, the, the actor is the person in there and they've, based them off one another and yes yeah, it's, it's a really really unique game i think it's 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 a shame that you really need to play or at least have a really good understanding of alan wake one to really get into alan wake two i think you can get away with not understanding the story but a lot of it would just make no fucking sense but yeah, the game's really, really good. I'm, I'm currently in the in the kind of meat of the game where I'm, I'm switching between two characters and one's an FBI agent and the other person's like a writer and um, the FBI agent's trying to piece like a case together and you've got like a case board, you're adding clues and shit too. And then the writer, you're like finding these areas where you're then having to rewrite what's happening in those areas and that's it's really cool because it kind of you're kind of trying to traverse through this area and then rewrite these little moments and then piece them together in different ways so you can access certain things in each area in different ways. I'm doing a very poor job of explaining how it actually works, but ultimately the game fucking rocks uh, and is quite scary in a lot of ways. Um, It maintains a significant amount of suspense throughout the entire thing and, um, yeah, many pants have been shitted. Um, and they just do a really good job of like scattering the game with very few jump scares, uh, like significant jump scares. Uh, and when you do get the jump scare, it actually means something. Uh, but yeah, really, really good game. Definitely worth a crack. If you haven't played um, Alan Wake 1, I watched a just like a 20 minute here's, here's Alan Wake 1 video, um, which I think was definitely worth it because I think without that pride knowledge, there's a lot of shit that I would just, I just wouldn't have understood certain characters and character interactions and um, understanding what had happened in the first game really, really uh, is important for um, sort of, I guess, understanding the motivations of certain characters and what's actually going on in the greater world of Alan Wake. Um, But yeah, 
banger game, worth a crack, especially if if you're into horror games. Um, I wouldn't say it's super horror. I'd say a lot of it's more thriller. Um, but just the way they kind of do the whole detective noir, um, New York murder tale thing, really bloody good. Definitely worth a crack. And um, extra points if you're into um, uh, Twin Peaks because there's a lot of Twin Peak-esque moments in that game where you just think, That's, that was fucking weird. <laughs> But it was really good. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely worth a crack. Really, really good game. Um, so, in a in a year that has been littered with just shitloads of good games. Yeah, I was about to ask you that, Cat. We've had a cracker year after a not so good year last year. What are you, mate? What is your um, current take on Game of the Year for you? What are you? What do you? Thinking? Oh man, it's kind of wild because um, I, I think Baldur's Gate is still like a real standout for me. Um, but I mean, playing Alan Wake too. I'm like, man, this is this is like a a real hallmark in, uh, I guess, just like emotive narrative and and impressive cinematics um, and bringing uh, kind of almost closing the gap between like film and gaming, I guess, in yeah. a lot of ways. Um, and I mean, that deserves to be praised just as highly as as Baldur's Gate two in some ways. I mean, even Cocoon being by far one, probably one of the best, if not the best puzzle game I've ever played in my life. Um, it, it's just fucking crazy. Like, and then we've also got, a, you know, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, um, which is by far probably one of the best 2D platformers I've played in a very long time. And it's completely revitalized the, the Mario kind of 2D platforming space for me. I mean, then we yeah. also had Tears of the Kingdom that came out this year as well. And I mean, you know, Excellent game. I would say probably not the same. Um, I, I, I think the issue with Tears of the Kingdom for me is it's not really, really recreating anything where it, that wasn't already a known quantity, though still an incredibly impressive and fun game. I really enjoyed my time with that game. We had um, Hogwarts Legacy as well, Cap, this year. Yeah, Hogwarts Legacy. We also had uh, Jedi Star Wars Survivor. Um, Let's not forget out. Redfall. That's one of your yeah, favorites. Another huge banger. I mean, Sea of Stars, if we're going to be talking about indies as well, Grizz. Um, you know, we had Lies of P, Lords of the Fallen came out as well. Like, you know, they're, they're definitely nothing to, um, you know, mm. not uh, not forget. Um, oh, dude, so, if those games came out, came out last year, it would have been like Game of the Year material, mate, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of crazy. I mean, even, um, I don't know if you remember, but, but I mean, Hi-Fi Rush came out this year as well. Mm. You know, Hi-Fi Rush was um, quite a like fun little cult kind of Bethesda hit that came out of nowhere, shadow dropped, um, and that was a fucking banger. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's man, I, I don't know. I think I'm still probably Boulder's Gate, um, Team Boulder's Gate at the moment, but there's still there's a really couple of games. I'm really looking forward to our um, Game Awards show this year, Cap. Like, let's fucking suit up, mate, and just like really yeah. this one a good crack, I reckon. Yeah, let's do it. I'm, I'm keen. No, I'm keen for Me sure. We'll, we'll have a real, we'll have a real good one ready for you guys. So you guys freaking strap yourselves in. Um, but yeah, God, it's been a, it's been a good year. We've been eating well, mate, for sure, big time. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, all right, Chris. On your gaming radar, cap anything else you've been tickling away yeah, in the background? Covers everything I've been playing. I almost. Started up World of Warcraft today, but I didn't quite get in there. But oh, I'm probably going to just dive in, tick, you know, dip my toes in. Yeah. I haven't got time to really Cat. get stuck too deep. Cat. Yeah. 
Yeah. Do you want to play hardcore vanilla with me, mate? <laughs> Fuck no. <Come> on. <laughs> no, no freaking way. I got, I got way better things to do than that. Uh, I reckon it'd be real fun. When season discovery comes out, talk to me then about classic. I reckon that's what's going to get me involved for sure. Yeah. I reckon that's going to be oh. interesting. But hardcore, I just man. The idea of hardcore sounds great, but then I also just don't have the patience to lose a character and lose all of that progress. Yeah, especially as a as a man with very few gaming hours as it is, you know. So it, it's not quite. I'm not in. I'm not in a stage of life where that tickles my fancy just at the moment, you know. Fair enough, mate. Not for everyone. So I'll not get there eventually. Hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm casual, mate. Um, all right, let's freaking dive in, baby. It's time for the freaking rapid fire. Okay. Brought to you by Francesco. It's in the freaking game, baby. Thank you very much to our wonderful ongoing sponsor, DJ Francesco. Every freaking week, just. Lending that little beautiful soundbite to this wonderful podcast. All right, straight off the top, Grizz, GTA 6 is patenting a new locomotion system to make highly dynamic and realistic animations. Um, so you can expect in the next iteration of GTA um, that they're going to also have some pretty realistic animations. I presume locomotion also implies, um, well, beyond just facial animations. I believe it's to do with everything. Like um, uh, this one person was saying that uh, characters would sort of match the way the weather is, you know, and, and what their energy, how their energy levels are and their injuries and make the game feel overall more immersive. So uh, I guess uh, kind of taking the... I guess the general population of, of a game, you know, the, the, the fodder, the, the kind of crowds and taking them to that next level where they are having a little bit more personality in the way that they're reacting to their environment, I guess, rather than just like bumping into things and just generally being fairly static. Um, but yeah, that could be pretty cool. Like seeing people kind of, you know, a bit of rain starts coming down and then people start sort of scurrying to try and get under things and stuff. That could be really cool. The age of gaming, Cap, we've got a lot to look forward to, mate, don't we? Oh, yeah, big time. Ramp, really ramping up in terms of graphics and other things. AI. Yeah, yeah big time, mate, big time. So pretty cool. Um, hey, Cap, so quickly, background on this one. Hasbro, um, it is the parent company of Wizards of the Coast, uh, a subsidiary that owns the rights to Dungeons & Dragons franchise. And of course, Baldur's Gate 3, using the D&D uh, 5e rule set, um, owned by Hasbro, obviously gets a cut of the profits. Uh, so Baldur's Gate 3 helped spike Hasbro's digital game revenues by 133%, um, obviously from Baldur's Gate 3 success. So interesting there, yeah. man. Yeah, it's um, kind of wild. Um that you know, Bouldersgate would have that much influence over like a company's entire kind of digital sales because it's not just <laughs> just that, but um, you know, it's obviously also led to you know. I think there's been a lot of um, strong sales in the D and D tabletop scene as well recently because Bouldersgate has kind of helped promote that as well. So yeah, just really fucking cool. So there you go. All right, Grizz. Now 
I'm going to do the next two because they kind of lead into one another. Uh, the Go finals ahead. reached. So the finals is a um, video game that has been produced by X Battlefield devs, I believe. It's kind of you know a game show FPS game where the whole environment's every the entire environment is destructible and everything's crumbling around you and it looks pretty cool actually. But regardless. The finals reached an impressive 139,531 concurrent plays during their open beta, requiring the well, they they had to implement a temporary login queue to keep up with the amount of people jumping in, which is kind of wild. So, pretty fucking cool. Now, they also one thing that they've done during uh, the development of this game, they started using AI text to voice to get. Um, voice lines cranking and we've obviously spoken about how you know the effect of AI on voice acting and and you know seen kind of that effect on how people are taking away the I guess the rights of certain voice actors by utilizing these services but this yeah. has also been quite interesting because the the developers of this were saying that uh, you know they were they they're able to kind of have an idea about a voice line or something that they want to do, and in they're able to spool up that and get it working in a matter of hours rather than having it take a matter of months to get those kind of those ideas into fruition, which is kind of cool. This is my thing on technology cap right like i know that we've seen a lot of neg negativity surrounding the use of ai in a few different things not only voice acting but um you know ai art and ai Im imagery as well and i honestly think that you cannot uh, you cannot uh what, how, what am i trying to say you cannot keep this down that like you need to yeah you need to, we need to embrace ai and find a positive way that it can can influence you know markets and other bits and pieces and this this is just one example of that but yeah yeah pretty interesting i think sure. i think there's still i mean until ai can kind of um mimic the kind of finer points of human emotivity and 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 vocal kind of construction which is not quite there yet uh but I, th I think there's definitely a place for you know using ai to do these kind of quippy kind of short um kind of voiceover stuff versus you know whole lines of dialogue we're still not quite there yet and i think there's still a place for voice actors in that scene so yeah until it, obviously um, you know <laughs> It needs to be regulated, and it needs to be regulated so that our voice actors and our actors aren't out of out of pocket from it. And whether that's paying the rights to use someone's voice and paying them adequately enough to use their voice, because the way that I see this cap and the potential that AI has in terms of voice acting, um, you know, just imagine having a game that had a really good AI in it that an NPC could respond to you in a way that is different to anyone else playing the game, depending on how you interact with that person. Like the, the AI in video gaming could seriously be absolutely groundbreaking when it comes down to having interactions with NPCs in video games. And I think that, yeah, that alone is, is would be pretty interesting and pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, like you said, obviously minimize the harm, um, but maximize the effective use for making video games better. For sure. Let's really Make it do better. Cap, um, we've talked about this on this podcast a few times. Bloodborne Kart, which was a originally a meme um, made. It was like basically like uh, Mario Kart, but um, Bloodborne from all the characters and the other bits and pieces. Uh, it's happening, Cap. It's it's being released. 
2024, 31st of the 1st. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's coming with a bunch of races. I believe there's 12 races. Uh, There are 16 maps. There's a full single-player campaign mode with boss fights, local split-screen multiplayer, and a verse battle mode. So it's basically literally Mario Kart in Bloodborne. So, um, and yeah, I think they've kind of nailed the, uh, you know, that kind of, Nintendo 64 PS1 era of visuals and it looks it looks, like that, it looks it? good. Yeah. It looks good. It's really cool. Um, we'll be interesting to see if Sony slash From Software do anything about the distribution of this video game because it's obviously impinging quite heavily on uh, the uh, intellectual property of Bloodborne. <laughs> but yeah. um, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm hoping that they will let this one slide because it looks fucking radical. Um, but yeah, go and check out the, the the trailer. All right, moving along, Grizz. From Software are hiring for multiple new projects. Now, there's no information on these projects. Just the uh, we know that the uh, there is internal development. I mean, sorry, internal um, recruitment happening, and they're looking for people to join the ranks of From Software. Mm. Um, but yeah, no info on what those projects are. But I'd say probably. Um, we're probably getting at least the Dark Souls slash Elden Ring 2 um, kind of or next Souls thing. So Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah there you go. Um, Kat, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 released a massive patch a few days ago, about four or five days ago. It was like 15 or 16 gig with over a 1,000 changes, but I think this one's probably the most pertinent to you, Kat. Um, it is going to... St- severely impede your ability to uh, speed run the sex scenes. Oh, shit. So Lazelle's uh, sex scene is no longer available within two minutes of the game. They have made it <laughs> way, more, way more difficult. I didn't, I didn't even know you could do it that quickly. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, the current record uh, by uh, and title of the undisputed, undisputed sex champion belongs to speedrunner. <laughs> <laughs> 50, one minute, 58 seconds to bed, Lazelle. <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't know if that's something to brag about, one minute, 58. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but seriously, though, there is. A, it's just great to see that these guys are putting the time in. So uh, patch four is a gargantuan update. A thousand fixes uh, have been adopted to the game, including new settings for colorblind, colorblind players, uh, some upgrades on some of the lighting, uh, some upgrades to some of the... Uh, Hirelings, as well as uh, balancing across weapons and spells and other bits and pieces. So, pretty cool. Yeah, looks pretty rad. I think. Um, I think that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just cool that they continue to just keep tightening the screws on this game and adding some little interesting features here and there. And um, yeah, it's just fucking cool. Good on you, Larry. You guys fucking rock. You guys are. You guys are good eggs. Well done. All right, Grizz. Final little one for tonight. Just want to say, don't worry, guys. Elden Ring DLC is proceeding smoothly, and that is in their words. It is proceeding smoothly, and that I think is foreshadowing. We're going to get a Elden Ring DLC announcement, gameplay trailer, this Game Awards. I don't I expect anything less from from Software Cap. They're all over it, mate. Yeah, yeah. So 
Um, when, yeah. when's, the, when's the Game Awards? Because I wouldn't mind doing a replay of Elden Ring before the DLC drops. When does... uh, well, I don't think we have a release date, but I reckon we might find out more information at the Game Awards, which I think was December? Uh, the Game Awards 2023. Let's find out. That is the... No, December, December 7th. 12th. Oh, December no. 7th? Yeah, I'm seeing December. Is it December 12th? I'm seeing 7th here. Uh, well, I'm going from straight Jack Jim. He's a pretty knowledgeable bloke. But, uh, uh, no, well, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's the 7th. Oh, uh, Jim was guessing. Okay, I think yeah, we'll, we'll go with the 7th. We'll go with the 7th. Yeah. There you go. Well, that's, that's, from the, that's from the website. So I'm pretty sure it's the 7th. But, yeah, I, re- I reckon we saw Elden Ring get a full gameplay reveal at the Game Awards, I reckon we'll probably see a DLC gameplay reveal again at the Game Awards this year. So that's my little hot take. Get it in, yeah. Um, all right. Anyways, that's it from us, Grizz. That's the freaking, that's the show. <laughs> Sorry right. for my audio being so scuffed, you guys, but also get wrecked. Rec- get wrecked your ears. Uh, get wrecked, bad. audio listeners. Um, yeah. Look, we'll be back next week. I uh, just want to say thank you so much for consuming and enjoying our content. We have, like, it's actually kind of wild, our current stats at the moment. So we um, welcome. Uh, you're listening from all over the joint. Um, it's good to have you here. Um, if you're new and you're enjoying the show, we really appreciate a cheeky um review on the old uh, Spotify or whatever you're listening through. So go and drop a big five stars on there. Uh, and if you're not new and you haven't left one yet, well, what the fuck are you doing? We've been asking this for literally every week. Um, so pull your head out your bum and sort it out. Um, now, if you want to listen to this live, you can do so Monday nights, 7 p.m. AWST on twitch.tv slash Oceanic Gaming Radio. All of our other links can be found on OGR.show, including a link to our Patreon if you would like to join our other wonderful Patreons, a link to our Discord if you'd like to come and join the conversation during the week, um, tell us what games you've been playing, we'll be talking to you about what games we've been playing, all the other shit, um, and also Twitter, twitter.tv slash OGRshow. Normally we post a uh, cheeky little uh, poll each week that you can vote in. And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. Um, keep an eye out for our TikToks and freaking stories during the week. We've had a bunch of those going out weekly, so um, they'd be really fun to chuck out. Um, and yeah, we'll see you guys next week on the show. Uh, Grizz will be back. Grizz won't be back. Uh, we'll have our special guest, Straight Jacket Jim. So get excited for that. But he'll be back the following week, and then I'll be gone. <laughs> so we're handing the torch over. <laughs> yeah. Be good. But yeah. All right, legends. Take it easy, and see you next week. Oh, yeah. Nice, huh? Very good.